2: Drums, it. It. I can't take no loss. Huh. I don't even know what it costs. Huh. I hit the ground, and to go off. Yeah, I really feel it's my time. Think He's a world class player. i can't to disagree. Really feel it's my time. Think it's my yeah. welcome to sparring session. I'm George Jakovic, the referee and the judge. And we've got the stars of sparring session, the champions, the defending champion, Pauly Malignaggi and the other champion from Long Island, Chris Algieri. Chris and Pauly are going to discuss and debate six topics, six rounds. We do things a little different here. We score these rounds and I got to say right up the top. I don't know if you guys have noticed. I have ditched my paper bow tie. I have a proper bow tie because you two demand respect. And I'm giving you the respect you deserve. And Paulie talk about respect. I have to start off. You're getting a little warning. Paulie saw the questions, the topics beforehand, and he, he, he was questioning our first one. So I'm giving Paulie a little warning here for questioning the topic. So just keep that in mind. All right, guys. First round. The topic is the just announced fight. Shakur Stevenson against Frank Martin. They'll be fighting in November or December just made the fight ring the bell round one. Oh, oh, wait one thing paulie you're the defending champion you can start or defer to chris to start the round i'll defer to chris defer to chris okay thank you all right chris it goes to you round one stevenson versus martin who wins ring the bell for round one uh this is an easy one i mean I, i i've got
0: I've got Shakur beating all those guys at lightweight. Um, not that I don't like this fight. I think it's a, I think it's a good fight. I think it's a, a fight that if we can't get the top guys to fight, then this is I I'm okay with this. This this fight coming in. Uh Martin is um he's been getting a lot of traction as of late. He came onto the scene with that that win over Rivera where he actually dominated and was very physical. Um I actually predicted him to win that fight. I thought that his maturity, his physical maturity, um, his aggression, his his just, just T- fortitude was going to be the difference in that fight. And that's where I think that he can actually give a little bit of, of resistance to, to Stevenson. I, I hope he does. I hope he's able to push him and use that physicality and that, that physical strength to, to make Stevenson actually be in a competitive fight because he hasn't really been in one yet. We need to see that from him. Um, I just don't know if we're going to see that at these weight classes, especially with a guy like Martin, who is probably at this point just below uh, the, those top tier guys. So uh, an easy one for me. I got your core break i tell you what, the pick, obviously, Shakur
3: Stevenson for me as well. But here's the thing. We got an opportunity to see Frank Martin in a fight where he can be the most competitive opponent Shakur has had thus far. Keep in mind, Shakur is not a natural lightweight, right? So he's still moving up. So you got that in his favor. You got in his favor that Frank Martin also keeps – I wouldn't say surprisingly odd, but he keeps showing us he's better than we expect. He keeps showing us he keeps improving. He's better, he's doing, doing things that he's better than you expect. And of course, I, I believe Martin is also a, a southpaw, right? So so I think uh in that respect, you're you're giving a little bit of a of a different range, a different angle to Shakur Stevenson, uh with a naturally big guy, with an nat- I mean not a naturally big guy, but I say a natural lightweight. Shakur carries his weight up well, but nonetheless, he's still not a natural lightweight, and I believe that does end up counting in some aspects. Listen, I'm not gonna sit here picking the upset. I think Shakur Stevenson Stevenson is the favorite. I think he's going to be the favorite, like Chris said, in in, in in and around all these weight classes, but he's got an opponent in front of him who could test him a little bit, who could show some things that that, that maybe he hasn't seen before and also could be competitive.
0: Uh, also, something I think about is Shakur is Shikor's looking beyond, right? He's looking for the biggest fights. He's calling for those big fights. Um does he then underestimate a guy like frank martin and he's a very dangerous guy to 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 uh underestimate because frank martin's going to come in, in in dog shape this is this is his biggest fight possible biggest fight of his career so he's going to be at the level where this is my huge huge fight and Shakur might have that idea like well, eh, this, this is going to get me to where i'm going to be and that could Break. potentially make it a little more competitive it could,
3: but Shakur Stevenson is too mature to overlook anybody. I'll tell you what, 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 one thing that could fall into place is Derek James's fighters have been getting their ass kicked, and probably Jamal Cholo loses against Canelo as well. So, this fight in particular, there's going to be a lot of stress on Frank Martin. He's going to want to be performing extra for his trainer, Derek James. Derek James deserves it. Frank Martin has been with him since the start, and he's going to want to perform with an exclamation point. Doesn't mean he's going to win, but this is the most competitive fight Shakur Stevenson has had
2: in his career.
3: That's there's what I'm our saying. bell.
2: There's our bell for round one. All right. Guys, this was a good round. It was a feel out round. It's what we wanted, Polly. So, 10 10 round. You guys are both picking Shakur. I think it's a good pick. You, you both made great points. So, round one, 10 10. We got a good one brewing. There's some in the bag stuff going there, man. That
3: was a lot. I was. I was a lot of I gave a lot in that round. I don't know, man. That was I the there. I have got to learn to pace myself if that's yeah, the case. See, we're not gonna get credit. We're not gonna get good credit for the early rounds, and there's no need to start Ooh. start the gun so fast. Listen, you, scoring scoring you, gets, you guys, gets important
2: later on. You guys on. are the stars of the show. You don't want the ref to get too involved. When the ref gets too involved, that's when things have gone awry. And we don't want that to happen here. Okay. I'm just a bit player. You guys are the stars.
3: But I'm just saying they, the refs stopped judging about 50 40 years ago. No, we, we there are. We're not in England here.
2: We do things differently on pro box. We, we have our own rules We take so. it to the throwback. <laughs> All right. So Chris, we're going to start with you round two and I'll exp- explain it. It's rematch surprises. Chris Eubank just pulled off a, a a mild upset when he beat Liam Smith. I think you both picked Eubank uh, pick Smith to win that fight. Nevertheless, Eubank was dominant in his victory. We all know that the rematch clause has supposedly been activated with with Errol Spence and Bud Crawford. So the topic is rematch surprises from one fight to the second, the rematch, which is the biggest surprise to you in boxing history. I just want to make sure if you understand the topic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Round two, rematch surprises from one to the next. Ring the bell for round two. Okay, so uh, they, obviously this is, this is a very tough question. And
0: you got to go through your mental Rolodex. But um, thinking about the, the the fight that just happened over the weekend, which is what's bringing up th- this question with Eubank and Smith, I look at this like, because I was going into the, the, the original, the first fight that Eubank was going to do kind of what he did this last time. So it almost turns into, well, this is what should have happened the first time, and now we got it, and this is what it is. And this is why a lot of people are not calling for uh, a rubber match. Um, for me, and I, this is near and dear to my heart because I was there, Sergio Martinez, Paul Williams, the rematch. That was insane. The way that they were back to neck and neck for the for the first fight, back and forth, arguable who could have won that fight. And then the second fight, Sergio Martinez goes out there and absolutely ices the normally iron chin Paul Williams face down. I think it was the second round. Um, I was there that night. It was, one of, it was one of the biggest surprises I've ever experienced live. Um, so for me, that that like I said, that that holds near and dear to my heart. I mean, incredible, incredible fight. Uh, both of them were. Um, you know what? You go, you, got,
3: you do have to go through your mental role decks. First of all, I picked Eubank all fight week. I don't know if I picked Smith on 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 uh, ProBox TV, but all fight week in Manchester, I did have Eubank. I started coming to my senses. Maybe um, I'll tell you <laughs> what. Big surprises here. I'll tell you, I'm 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 gonna go with Gotti Ward too because mm. the first fight went to Ward, and then the second one ended up going to Gotti. In a in a pretty easy fight. I mean, it was probably the least competitive of all three fights. We've got a classic trilogy here with with Gotti and Ward, and uh, more importantly, I mean, the second fight was pretty one-sided. I know Ward uh, busted his eardrum in the, in the second or third round, and he was uh, uh, he was and Gotti
0: he broke his hard hand. Kind of hard too.
3: determination to uh, uh, to go the distance. Gotti hurt his hand. Um, it was a it was a, still a, a good action fight. So even a non non competitive fight, both guys had a, were still an, incapable of giving us anything but action. But nonetheless, Arturo Gotti uh, won the fight going away. After losing the first fight, and after, and, and, then it, and then we wind up having a third fight,
0: which was still competitive, where Arturo was knocked down. So Great. I got in war two. So, good, good one. Another fight that I was at, and uh, a fight that I've watched a million times, all three of those fights, obviously. Um, but I think that falls into the same category as Eubank and Smith, where what should have happened. The first time happened. The second time, because Arturo was a better fighter than, than Mickey Ward. Mickey Ward was a journeyman. Arturo got. was a former two. To, as a former world champion and went on to win another world title at, at world Eight. Um So for me, I, yeah, that, that's why I thought the Cedro Martinez fight Williams was was more of a surprise than in terms of the rematch. I mean, they they took each other's punch for twelve rounds. They um, I'll
3: tell you what, it's I didn't know what hard. If we're going go to go into the Rolodex, Gerald McClellan knocking out Julian Jackson in one round in the rematch. You know, you, may, you make this rematch as five rounds uh, the, from the first fight, it's competitive. McClellan ends up knocking out Jackson, and uh, Jackson was this boogeyman monster puncher. McClellan proved himself to be a boogeyman monster puncher in time, but in the rematch, that was part of it. He went through a string of consecutive first round knockout wins, and Julian Jackson in the rematch was knocked out at
1: one.
2: There's our bell. There's our bell. Paulie. Paulie came out smoking, dipped into the rolodex. That's what I was hoping for. Chris, I I appreciate what you said. You were there. You were at that fight. Paulie dipped down into the rolodex. He pulls that round out 10-9. I what? have to say, I'm- I stuck to one. I stuck to. You asked me what was the biggest surprise. I came up with
0: one. Oh no, we came up with two. I, you with I can two come up. 10. I can come up. I can come up with
3: ten
1: you if
3: you want. With, I mean, but I like Ward well.
2: better. But but what I was expecting. You came
3: up with two in the second one, didn't you? I no, was
2: expecting Bo Holyfield too. That was a that was a huge or, or Wilder even Wilder Fury too. That's it, it's tough when he got a dip into the Rolodex, but Paulie. Wilder, Fury. I, Wilder
3: Fury actually yeah that was a Wilder yeah, Fury two I think yeah. was
2: a just the
3: way it played out in
0: the no way one he, expected he that one. one. Honestly though we're talking about the War file uh, Fury Wilder one. Sorry, um, I was at that fight and I remember seeing Fury walk into the ring and being like oh man he's gonna beat this guy up. I just had, I had a feeling it was like it was weird. I'm like he just looked so big. Like, compared to Wilder, when you actually were in the ring, like, seeing them. So that one wasn't as big as a surprise, I think, to the people who are in the room. But, yeah, that was very surprising in terms of how we, how he we finished
2: that fight. All right, guys, we got a good one through two rounds. polly has got a one-round lead. But we have a lot coming on Pro Box TV. September 20th, Wednesday Night Fights. Another great card. Let's take a look. Wednesday Night Fights.
0: Hey guys, make sure you tune in Wednesday Night Fights here on Pro Box TV. We got great action fights, 50-50 matchups and all-out wars throughout. We've consistently put on the best fights around.
3: Good fighters, great fights on your boxing channel with a star-studded cast bringing you the fight. Myself, Chris Algieri, the former world champion, and of course, Mike Goldberg.
0: So make sure you tune in Wednesday Night Fights for all the action.
1: As Goldie likes to say, here we go. This Wednesday, September 20th, Live from the ProBox Event Center in Plant City, Florida, it is Wednesday Night Fights, featuring Baterjan Jukembayev versus Hugo Alberto Roldan, Lester Martinez versus Lionel Thompson, Clay Waterman versus Kareem Hackett, Ismael Villarreal versus John David Martinez. Get your tickets at ProBoxTV.com or take your chances at the door.
2: Wednesday Night Fights. My favorite night of the week, Wednesday nights and two of the best, three of the best with the Goldie calling the fights. Can't wait for that one. Wednesday, September 20th, Chris, round three, Um, August 26th. Jared Anderson scored a fifth round knockout over the usually durable Andre Rudenko. The question is, does Jared Anderson have the goods to become heavyweight champion? Ring the bell round three. On paper, does he have the goods? Yes, he does. Uh, but that's not how championships
0: are won. A lot of times, it, it, we're, we're seeing. I always say, a champion is a guy who's able to switch up a game plan and make things make things work when when you're not supposed to be able to or, or figure out uh, ch- change up as as you're able to, as you're as you're fighting, which is the most difficult thing to, thing to do in this sport. Yeah, on paper, they look at the kid's got everything. He's he's an awesome athlete. Um, you know, he's super young. He's super. Uh, he's got great power. He's got a good chin so far. Uh, but there's a lot more to it than just that. You know, he also has top rank on his side. who's going to be able to build him properly, uh, but he's also talking like age wise. I don't only want to fight for three or four more years. I want to be a world champion do this. So I I think a lot of the, the the restraints that he's putting on himself and a lot of um, just a lot of the intangibles that are necessary to be a champion. I think it's early to say, I think he's the future of the vision. But uh, there's there's still a long way to go. He's 23 years of age, and he has. I mean, Charles Martin was his biggest win to date, his biggest fight in a former champion. But there's still a long road to go until we figure out where he's going to fall in uh, heavyweight grades.
2: Break.
3: I know for, in terms of potential, we're talking about he's
0: got the, the biggest potential,
3: uh, especially on the American scene. But potential does not always fulfill itself. I think as far as potential, yes, I'm, I'm one of the ones expecting him to do great. But here's the thing. Then you start to get a couple of red flags. I know I wasn't big on him crying because, okay, I wasn't big into, into really t- dissecting that because, hey, that could be a moment in, in the emotions. But you take that. Then you take the, the champ, Chris, just mentioning that he only wants to fight three, four years. And you start to think, dude, does this guy even like boxing? I don't think you can be the future of anything you don't like. Because at the end of the day, it's always going to feel forced. And no matter how much talent you have, you're never going to put in that extra mile. You're never going to put on those extra rounds of, of time in the gym because it's not something you like. And as a matter of fact, the more you do something you like, the less you start to like it. I don't under, I don't know if you can even develop that liking for it at this point when you've done it for so long. If you still haven't developed that liking it at this point where it's all starting to pay off, where all your dreams are starting to get that much closer, where people are starting to praise you that much. All the things you've searched for, since you started this
0: break yes and no because there's some people out there who are just super talented who don't necessarily love what they're doing um i can think of a lot of fighters who weren't fight fans like us didn't watch fights he said that all the time i know a lot of other guys who are like the tushan porter said the same thing he was on our air recently um i found myself hating the sport quite a bit during during my especially the height of my of my career um but you know when you're, when you're good at something especially when you're an athlete and you're competitive the way that he is it, you might be able to do it you know might be able to push through enough so I don't know if you necessarily have to love it in order to be the future of anything. Great. Arturo Gatti used to get the fights in nightclubs. That guy loved
3: to fight, okay? So I don't, I don't know what <laughs> he would like to do. Uh, Sean Porter has a podcast that he, he dissects every single fight. He's full of shit if, he, if, he gonna, if he's going to tell me he doesn't like boxing. He covers boxing more than we do, and he's dissecting every single fight, even little fights. So when it comes to that, we all have a love-hate relationship. That's part of it. But nonetheless on the way up especially on the way up that passion is necessary if you're going to be the future of anything you're going to need to have that passion because again like i said you are going to put in that extra round that extra time that extra mile and you're going to have to improve to that level there's our
2: bell Ooh, man chris paulie's coming out firing he's coming, coming out firing out strong. He, he, he went deep on that one that's a 10-9 round for paulie paulie paulie's up two rounds see paulie um it's not in the bag not yet but it's so, uh I'm- you're I'm realizing that
0: these are being scored on uh, on heart and not actual reason. That's good. That's let me, good to know. Let me
3: make, let me just, <laughs> hey, okay. Is that a let shot me, at the let ref? Me, let me just make sure. Let me just say right now that no sympathy rounds get scored because typically, if you go up two and then the sympathy round, when, I, I expect to be given the round <laughs> if I win the next round. <laughs>
0: Wow, I think I'm gonna. You're getting around either way. It doesn't matter. So uh, yeah, apparently, uh, you're you getting around what? either that, way. Oh, That's
2: he's a, playing the, the the the
3: the the reverse psychology on the judge. It's
1: just, it's That's a okay. warning. That's judge, a warning, Chris judge, Algieri. Like
2: That's a warning, Chris. All right, remember, I I am the ref and the judge. Like it or not, I'm the ref. I'm, I'm, I'm losing. a, a point warning. today. <laughs> That's a warning <laughs> for Chris Algieri. All right, guys. Yeah. Because I'm
0: not slowing down at all. I'm losing a point today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Round four, we'll start start with you, Chris. Manny Pacquiao, we talked about this a week or two ago, but um, apparently he may make a run at the 2024 Olympics in Paris. Pros can fight in the Olympics. They opened that up in 2016. The topic is Manny Pacquiao. Should he or should he not make a run in 2024 for the Olympics? Round four. Ring the bell, Chris, you started off. Absolutely not. I mean, should he? Sure, he can do whatever he wants. He's a grown
0: man. He's he's accomplished everything he could ever accomplish, um, you know, except for having a, a gold medal in, in, a, in the Olympics. But listen, that's not going to happen. Historically, these guys who have, especially him, he never fought as an amateur. He did, the amateurs is a different sport. Especially at the highest level, the international level, they got these young guys that are that are so good at that amateur style, starting fast, collecting points. That's not Manny Pacquiao. Manny, Manny Pacquiao is not a point guy. He's a break you down, bust your orbital, knock you down, break your ribcage guy. You know, and and especially now in in, in his early forties at this point, going back to this sport where he hasn't been active, he's been playing basketball, to try and now become an amateur boxer. He's basically doing a different sport. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's going to help his legacy. I don't think he's going to last very long anyway. Um, you could can, can lose to anybody in the world at that point, especially with the different style set and what you're used to. So, no, I, I think it's a terrible idea. But at the end of the day, he can do whatever he wants. I mean, he, he can go play professional basketball in in, uh, in Philippines if he wants as well.
3: I'll tell you one other reason why it's a a terrible idea. He's going to be in his mid-40s by the time we get to next year, right? I mean, the birthday is December of 78. He's going to be 45 years old. Typically, in the amateurs, like the champ said, you condense that that fighting pace. They're world-class fighters, but they're world-class fighters at a pace where it's condensed because they're used to fighting the short rounds. We've already had professionals in the Olympics. And you know what they did? Absolutely nothing. They didn't accomplish anything. It's not about, oh, it's dangerous for the amateurs, for the professionals to fight. No, it's not that dangerous. Not about that. It's about the fact that actually these world-class amateurs can beat these these world-class professionals in this system because the system is made for them. It's condensed into what they are used to. That's why when you turn pro, you have to sort of learn to slow down and take your time, but it's hard to go back to that. But I'll tell you one positive thing. Manny Pacquiao is a huge name and the Olympics have fallen off mainstream TV. And the name Manny Pacquiao can bring Olympic boxing, not only back on TV, but may be able to hold the Olympic boxing in the Olympics, which is something the Olympic, bo- uh, amateur boxing is risking right now, is
0: it will it be or not be an Olympic sport? The ratings Pacquiao could bring. Not if he loses immediately. It's not gonna be good for boxing to do that. He has the ability to be an actual ambassador. He does not need to be a fighter anymore. He, 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 what, he ran for Congress. He ran for, to be the president of his, of his country. He doesn't need to be a fighter in order to bring attention to the sport. He can be an ambassador to the sport. He can bring boxing back to the mainstream. He can just be there, be a commentator, show up. Be, that'll, that will bring enough. He's that big of a star. He does not need to lace up the gloves and fight with these young kids in a style that he's not accustomed to at 45 years of age. Break. I'll tell you what, you're right if he loses early, but I'll
3: tell you one other thing. Amateur boxing is there's no, it's not a stranger to corruption. Manny Pacquiao would be given a good draw. He wouldn't have to get his ass whooped by the Cuban or the Russian until later in the tournament. They'd probably match him with like a Zimbabwean fighter or something like that. A couple get him a couple of wins so that he put the ratings into the bag. And you know what? We'd say Olympic boxing because of Manny Pacquiao fighting in the Olympics. I'm not for it, but I can see the positivity in it, and I don't even expect him to win a medal. But I will tell you what, it would bring the ratings back into the Olympics.
2: There's our bell. So Paul, you kind of—I—I I, I don't know—is it me? You kind of flip flopped a little. You—you you like no, yes. You kind of gave points for and against. Am I am I am I right about that?
3: I did flip flop. Yeah, of course. You, but you I, I was flip flop. That's yeah. why it's a Chris Algieri I'm giving,
0: I'm giving round. Also- I'm giving you phone. Also. Paulie well, started really fast. He's starting to get a little gas in that round. I can tell. He's getting a little, that early lead is starting to catch up. I can't believe him. Give, we, give,
3: we, give him the bottle, bottle that's mixed. As possible, and I, I've, had it, I've had it counted against me. Give, give,
0: <laughs> give, give, give him the black bottle that's mixed.
2: <laughs> that's a 10 round, Chris. You know, I, I, my thoughts were, you know, if you want to open up the pros, let them fight. But, but, I do agree. I don't think he should. I don't think it does anything for him. Even though uh, the Philippines, they've never had a. I don't think they've ever had. I know they've never had a boxing gold medalist. They've had very few gold medalists. Period. So uh, I'm in agreement with you, Chris. Um, you didn't flip flop. You were sturdy. You kept that jab working all round. And that's a Chris Algieri. And, and Manny's
0: my guy too. So I, you know, it's, I had to had to go against him a little bit. But
2: all right, we move on to round five. It's a close one. Paulie's up by one point. Going into the fifth round. The fifth round. Is historical weight jumps and let me put it in the context. Jermel Charlo is about to fight uh Canelo. He's moving up two weights, so it's a, a pretty big weight jump. It would be pretty historic if he won. We're talking historical weight jumps, not for a whole career. It could be like within a year of fight to fight, because we all know Manny Pacquiao went from you know whatever he started at to, to junior middleweight. So We're talking about those historic jumps where a guy's moved up or a woman has moved up in weight. Um, And we're talking history here. So we're going back into the memory bank. So we need your thinking caps on. Round five, historical weight jumps. Ring the bell, Chris Algieri started off. (laughs) Wow! I always start off. Um, I mean, there's
0: a lot of them. I mean, the, the most famous one is Sugar Ray Robinson jumping up to fight Joey Maxim light heavy, which is the most crazy thing because he, he didn't even put on any weight and went up there, he, and he almost won. If it wasn't for the heat, if it wasn't for 15 rounder, he would have he would have won that fight. Um, that's definitely the most famous t- famous one. The most famous weight jumper is Manny Pacquiao. Obviously, you mentioned him. He's been all over the all over the block from all the way from uh, I mean, what was he? One, 112, 115, all the way up to one fifty four, which is absolutely insane. Uh, one that really sticks out in my mind was Shane Mosley jumping up to fight uh, uh, Oscar de la Hoya. Yes, he had two fights at Welterweight prior to that fight, but he was a 135er, jumped up to 47, had two kind of get back, get into the weight class fights, and then took on Oscar de la Hoya in, in the fight of the millennium, which is a, a huge, huge fight. Um, I was so pissed that De La Jolla lost that fight because I was such a De La Jolla fan back there. But uh, I was like, no way, this little guy can jump up and do that. But he did it, and he did it He did it damn good, and he did it again in the rematch. Um, but, yeah, and I, that, that's I mean, there's, there's a bunch more to it. Great. I mean, what
3: what are we picking? The, the most historical one-way jump or weight kind of jumpers. I mean, I I, I guess so. Uh, we go with Canelo going up to light heavyweight to fight Bebo, something that we didn't we didn't expect, or fighting Can- uh, Kovalev and beating him. Uh, the potential he was going to fight Makabu at at cruiserweight, but he didn't end up doing that, so we can't really count that. Um, I'll tell you a controversy. I remember Arturo Gotti not making weight for Joey Gamash and not being allowed I was to. was there too. To <laughs> well, that was a that was a pretty wild one. Uh, with, with I mean, Artur, I don't know if Arturo was moving up in weight at that point or he needed to move up in weight. He ended up moving up in weight. Um, I don't know, man. I'm trying to think, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez showing up against, uh, Manny Pacquiao, uh, in the third fight and, 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 and me thinking to myself, I don't know if Marquez can grow into the welterweight division like this. He, he looked a little fl- flabby against Mayweather at welterweight, and I'm thinking to myself that weight that weight jump has not benefited him, or he's not taking his time with it enough to really grow into the weight class the way Pacquiao has, and he shows up against Pacquiao in a third fight, and he's ready to rumble, and he might have Wait. gotten wrong in that fight, and we know what happened in the fourth fight.
0: Go ahead. You made me think, Paulie, now, this is what always happens when we do this. Arturo Gotti, historical weight jump, the fact that he was a world champion and skipped the weight class became a world champion again, so he's 40. Champion of welterweight skips over forty, never wins a world title at forty, but had one at uh, at one thirty. He's 30 thirty pound world uh, world champion. Skips over two weight classes. That's pretty historical. The guy he couldn't he could barely get a win at thirty five. Then moves up to forty, blasts out a couple guys over there, gets a beats Thomas Damgaard at one forty seven. I mean that's that's pretty Great. historical to, to jump those kind of weight classes. What
3: what else is historical is the corruption in boxing. In order to make uh, Oscar De La Hoya against Bernard Hopkins, we have to make Oscar De La Hoya jump up and wait and then rob the hell out of Felix Sturm, Sturm. in order to get him Oof. a title, so we can make that middleweight title fight between Hopkins and De La Hoya historical. Historical robbery, of course, but nonetheless historical because De La Hoya wins a weight a world title in another weight class and he gets that gets the, we're able to make that final between that the tournament final between Hopkins and uh, uh, De La Hoya. Um, There's De La Jolla our bell. Itself,
2: Round five, well, guys, um, you know, I, I was expecting um, I was expecting a little maybe Michael Spinks moving up to heavyweight to become champ. Right. I, I was thinking Roy Jones moving up to heavyweight. to. to oh, become... I like Roy Jones. Good one. So, um, but, uh, and remember, we said most successful. You know who was successful that round was Chris Algieri. That's a 10-9 round for Chris Algieri. And, guys, we have an even fight going into the sixth round.
3: Oh, that was like that wasn't in the bag. <laughs> no way! Right. I, I definitely won that.
2: I think Chris <laughs> no, earned that round. No, I'm
3: saying the point of us being even going into round six
0: somehow it's, <laughs> <off>. <laughs> it's well, like the NFL. The NFL they're, they're they're writing the script for the NFL every year. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm <laughs> not, not gonna two say one if there's one with the game still <laughs> on the line. I I won't say if there's a script here or not, but I will remind people to to like and follow us on social media and. Come up with a show, come up with a sparring session. Give us six topics, give us 20 topics. We'll make a show out of it. Get involved, like, subscribe.
1: ProBox TV is your boxing channel. There's nothing else like this in boxing. We are a 24 seven boxing streaming network dedicated only to the sweet science. We provide boxing fans daily news delivered in print in a never before seen video format from our state of the art studios in Florida. Along with daily talk shows every weekday, we also produce our own fights with our Wednesday night fight series where we invite the best fighters who didn't make the cut for Showtime, ESPN or DAZN and wanna prove they belong in the big ring. But there's a catch. They have to fight each other no easy wins. That's right. 50 50 matchups. As we like to say, good fighters in great fights. Three events per month, 40 per year. Now, we aren't a promoter. We don't promote boxers. We don't compete with the championship networks. We cover and promote them all. We believe boxing should act as one and avoid being fragmented we represent the fans and what they want we promote boxing we are your boxing channel we are pro box tv
2: all right guys this is for all the marbles this is for the championship paulie is the defending champ it is even going into the sixth round you're right paulie you couldn't write the script any better you couldn't write it any better it's all on the line for this one Unless you wrote it yourself, it could be <laughs> Chris. Chris, and the reason why we start with you—you you said why are we starting with me? Because Paulie beat you the last fight, so he had the the option so I get two. So I
0: get to start. Oh, oh, so it's every round. Every okay, round. I misunderstood so Paulie the gets to gotcha, finish gotcha, gotcha,
2: gotcha. every round. Got gotcha. you. Oof, that's a that's i a I'm the, really, the home
0: team. Jesus. Uh,
3: in baseball, that's
0: a that's a, that's, a, that's a real that's a real brass ring to hold on to. If, if it is. A, it defending is. Defending champion. Wow. It is.
3: Last licks. Yeah. So,
2: round six, we'll start with you, Chris. It doesn't um, really
3: matter. I mean, we're always going to go into the sixth round even anyway.
2: Well, that's oh, yeah, not I mean... true. You were, a ch- Pauly, come on now. Do I have to give <laughs> you a warning? You won the last one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, round six, it's who would win a fantasy matchup between our own pro box own, Sean Porter and Tim Bradley. The reason why this is a topic, Chris, I think you remember, we asked Sean Porter about anyone he wished he would have fight. He said... He wished the one guy he wished he would have fought was tim bradley so now we got two of our finest here we're talking about two of our finest and sean and tim round six it goes to you chris who would win that fantasy fight between our guys tim bradley and sean porter ring the bell round six where's the bell am any of the bell tim
0: bradley and i love both guys they're two of my favorite guys literally in the sport uh watch their careers I just think that Tim's ability to, to to dig down and figure things out up here and to execute game plans, um, I, I just I just see in him being his, – his adaptability as a fighter. That's one of the things – Tim was all about intangibles, right? Sean, super physical, super aggressive, gas tank for days, super hard chin, good puncher, physically strong, uh, aggressive, always in shape, all of those things. But the intangibles that Tim brought to a, to a ring – I mean, there were so many fights. We ended. Tim was the underdog, or no one expected him to win. Or Tim gets dropped badly, and then finds a way to dig back, claw back, figure out a win, or figure a guy out. His ability to 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 judge distance, to get timing. Um, yeah, I just I just think Tim is as a tactician and his ability to find adjustments mid fight, which is what I mentioned before about what a world champion is all about. I think Tim edges that fight, but I think it's a bumper, and they could probably fight three times. Break. What big fight What winner? What big fight These four guys, one guy's bowling balls is headed to the other guy. The other guy comes
3: in like a truck and runs it. This ends in a no contest. This ends in a no contest. (laughs) Accidental headbutt, no decision, no contest. Everybody goes home unhappy. Everybody goes home pissed. And you know what? Maybe, just maybe, you get a rematch. And then if the rematch comes out, maybe a third fight. This is a no contest all the way. I don't see how they can get past four rounds with him falling in with his head, Porter going straight ahead at 100 miles an hour, and 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 what else? What else? You have? they they kill each other. Both guys would get really bloody. They would be the, the referee would have to declare it as from a headbutt. the referee might be confused and have to look going to an instant replay if they're in Vegas to see where the headbutt came from because there will be so much mayhem. However long it would last, it would be a hurricane. It would be good, but it would have to go to a no contest because it wouldn't get past four rounds. So I don't see how they how these guys could actually not cut each other with a headbutt in four rounds. Again, I mean the, the style. Styles make fights, guys. And this is one of those styles Break. where you like, oh, man, it's going to be a good fight. But in the end, you're going to be disappointed with a Break. no- Break, contest.
0: My counter to that. Okay. T- t- they go to technical decision. And I think that's him starts faster. And he gets and he gets the win. And he also, he's shorter. He's going to get the better end of the headbutts. So if they are going to be headbutting each other, yes, they're both very aggressive. But again, I, like I said, I think Tim, a little more savvy. Sean's going to probably try, you know, he's going to try and, you know, use his physical size because he's a way, way bigger guy. But yeah, no, the smaller man's going to get the the benefit of the headbutt. And if we go to decision, I think Tim gets it. Break. No, 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 no. I said it
3: doesn't go past four rounds, guys. This is a no contest all the way. I will agree with you, though. The headbutts for Tim are probably more advantageous because he's got no hair. I mean, if you've ever fought <laughs> ball guys, and Chris, you can agree with this. He's got a big ball head. Ball guys have advantages with the headbutts because they can headbutt you with their scalp, they can headbutt yep. you with their forehead, and they always have an advantage. The hair is sort of a, a puffier part. So mm-hmm. so Sean would be at a disadvantage in the headbutt war. Tim might be the one to cut Sean first. Either way, it doesn't go past four rounds. This is a no contest all the way. No the winner. There's she, the bell.
2: Wow. Man, I I, I just, I I don't know what to say. Just read the question. Read the question. Who wins? (laughs) Well, actually, I'm looking at my paper and I didn't write anything down for the sixth round. But I love both your arguments. We got to draw.
3: No!
1: Oh, and, come on. And, and
3: <laughs> instead, of, instead of mic drop, instead of mic drop, you got a, a bow tie drop. I'm,
0: th- throw, th- I'm, throw, I'm, I'm throwing my mic out of the room. Th- but bow tie drop.
3: George, bow tie drop.
0: <laughs> you know what for, the great for, thing is? For me to come on so strong at the second half of that fight, to
2: only get I'm a draw. I mean, it's the, who? How
0: are you going to get a winner in that fight?
3: No, I shot. mean, I, I never plus, expected a technical plus,
2: like.
0: Plus, plus, these are our Pro Box teammates. I'm not going to get going against any of them. This is a, See, this, this guy's is, playing both sides. Play. Also, I, I, uh, Sean, I know you're watching this. I'm, I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to win.
2: <laughs> you know, the, the the great thing is they can both answer you guys individually because they're both going to see this. We've got, we've got Tim on Mondays and Sean on Thursdays, so awesome. they're going to see this. You know, I'm sure they're going to have a lot of fun with you, Paulie, and and Sean's going to have fun with you, Chris. So, um, you know, it was good spirit. Listen, it's supposed to be the spirit of the debate and you guys really gave it today. It was a draw. Like it or not, Paulie defends his title on a disputed draw. Everything's disputed here on sparring session, but that's the beauty of it. Chris, Paulie, I thank you. My bow tie thanks you. I appreciate your time. Remember to like, subscribe to ProBox TV. You get spirited fun debates like this between the two champions. Love doing it with them. This is ProBox TV, your boxing channel. Yeah!